and welcome to Hyperlinks, the podcast where we connect biblical truths to a troubled world. We appreciate you spending some time with us, listening via your favourite podcast provider or watching on YouTube. The Hyperlinks podcast is hosted by myself, Mark Kelly, and my good friend, David Lavery. In each episode, we grab a coffee, sit down and have a good old chinwag about the issues of the day, trying to find out how scripture might help us through it. We hope you enjoy our conversations and we'd love you to join in if you have anything to say about the things we talk about. You can send us an email, hyperlinkspodcast at gmail.com. While you're watching, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening, please leave a rating and a review. Without further ado, let's talk. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Hyperlinks. This is episode four now, I think, if my maths is correct. Um, My name is Mark Kelly. I'm David Lavery. Really good to have you with us. Thank you once again for um, letting us... uh, sound off in your in your ear pods or watchers on youtube um it's a, a blessing and a privilege that you want to spend some time with us isn't it yep absolutely how it's, are you doing today i'm doing great it's great to yeah. be here looking e- forward e- to this one yeah well <laughs> the last one was it was a yeah we, we could have talked so much more on that one couldn't we oh yeah so the, the last episode if you've not listened to it we really do recommend that you go listen to it watch it we called it the p word and um, we talked about the prosperity gospel yes didn't we but we talked about the prosperity gospel in a way that that kind of scripture defines it not necessarily the way that the world or the, even some parts of the church would define it yeah the point being prosperity is a good thing not yeah. a bad thing in yeah. everybody's eyes and we shouldn't pervert it to mean something else yeah and yeah. Uh, i think that's a, and i would again i said that in our last podcast um, if you've got a, you know, if you've got a computer, if you access the internet, and you go into Bible Gateway, you can sort of do a search on words. Just do a search on the word, and you'll see that in nearly every instance, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, really. We need to, we need to reclaim the word, reclaim the and word, get it back into a proper yeah. biblical perspective again, and understand it for what it actually is. Absolutely, God's a good God. Yeah, He's all a the good time. God. Yep, absolutely, he blesses <laughs> us. Um, and obviously, what we're trying to do as well is connect this to uh, kind of what's happening in the world and 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 what have you. Um, for Christians and non-Christians, uh, so hopefully it's helped. If you're not a believer, hopefully it's helped you understand. Kind of last week, if you listened to it, uh, last yeah, the last episode, if you listened to it, how we uh, how we really should think about money, finances, yeah. things like that. Uh, and I think um, today we'll build on that a lot. We, we'll we'll definitely yeah. We, this is kind yeah. of like part two, really, of it, isn't it? We're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk about the T word today, which is. Tithing. Tithing. tithing, tithing, or giving to God. Yeah, or yep. giving, or giving to God. I guess even before we begin, right? Because I've got, I've got my first question, which is, what's the difference between giving and sowing? But I don't, even, I don't even want to get to that just yet. I'd like, as as we did with prosperity, yeah, because there may be people out there going tithing, haven't a clue. What's that? Yeah, explain to us what it is, David. So a tithe means a tenth. Um, or 10% and from the very beginning of the Bible going way way back into the beginning of Genesis it was it was a, a custom it was it was seen as the right thing to do that people would give the first part of whatever they grew the first fruits of whatever they grew back to God again it was it was seen as honoring God so that tithe is a 10% and we see that going up um, into modern times I mean it's not you know I mean I, I think probably in the last sort of 50 or 60 years people have lost sight of that but I used to live in a little town in the Midlands and they had a tithe barn 
uh, in the town, you know, yeah, it's an yeah, old-fashioned yeah. tithe barn. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't know what it means, but that was where people, again, would bring in the first fruits of their crops and those kind of things as a resource. They're into a church that was meant to be used and distributed to the community for God's purposes. So so the tithe is a, it's a simple thing, um, and it's a biblical principle that is still relevant today. That's what I believe. <gasps> but is it? It is, yeah, I believe it <laughs> All is. All right, well, we, get, we are going to get into yeah. that uh, in, in this episode. But first of all, before we do get more into, much more into the tithing, let's, because we, we, we started touching upon kind of giving and sowing in the, in the last episode. So I, wanna, I wanted to start with that. So um, in Scripture, uh, it talks about giving, talks about sowing. Um, what's the difference? Well, the difference is how God views our giving. That's the thing. I mean, it's good to give. I mean, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount talks about, it says, when you give. You know, it's when you pray, when you fast, when you give. So therefore, for the for the, the believer, for the follower of Jesus, it's, it's a natural thing for us to want to be givers. And Jesus talks about our, our giving. So it's good to be generous and it's good to want to give. But, but we need to understand how God views our giving. And, and the Bible teaches very clearly, particularly the New Testament, that God views our giving as sowing. Or if we take the example, I think it's Proverbs 19, God says those people that give to the poor lend to the Lord. So although we give altruistically, we give out of a good heart, a good intention to bless and to meet the needs of others, in God's um, economy, he wants to make sure that those people that are generous receive also he he gives back to us so sowing when you sow you also reap or you expect to reap shouldn't you mm. no farmer. i mean i've heard people say i've heard ministers say well we don't sow to reap and i think that is the, the most dumb thing how many you know what a dumb thing to say just just, just bear just just imagine that imagine yeah. imagine yeah. the farmer he sowed his field and doesn't expect anything back and then leaves it that would be foolishness total foolishness yeah. and that's why the bible talks about sowing so 2 corinthians 9 paul talks about god mm. um giving back the seed to the sower and bread for food and if we sow generously we give generously god views it as sowing and if we sow we will also reap and here's the thing as well you know it's galatians isn't it? i think it's galatians 6 where it says, you know, God says, don't be mocked, or let, you know, don't, uh, God is not mocked. It says, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And in the Amplified Bible, it says, that and that only will he also reap. The principle here being this, you know, if I sow in my garden tomatoes, I don't expect to get a crop of apples back or carrots. I expect to to receive back what I actually sowed, the kind of seed that I sowed. And I think that principle is there, that whatever we sow, that's what the Bible says, mm. we'll also reap. Yeah, so yeah. sowing and reaping go together, and there's nothing wrong with reaping if you sowed. And, and it's not a one-on-one kind of scenario, is it? If you plant one seed, one tomato seed, you're not going to get one, one tomato exactly, back. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I don't know, I mean, to me, it's, it's how on earth can you read this any other way? How can you how can you take these scriptures and try and make them say something that they don't actually say instead of taking the principle that's clearly there? Mm. It's clearly there. Mm. You know, yeah. go back again, you know, go back to Genesis 26. You've got Isaac, he says he sowed, and he sowed in a time of famine, it says. He sowed into the land. It says in that year, he reaped a hundredfold. He got a hundred times back that which he sowed. The, the principle is clearly there all the way through Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so do we just give to receive then? We don't give to receive. Specifically, I think we give out of a right heart. But it's not wrong 
to expect that we will receive. It's not wrong to expect that God is going to bless us if we give. But because that's not what we're doing overtly, is it? We're, we're, we're giving because we want, again, I think we touched on last week, we want, that we want to ble- we're blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. So we want to continue that flow of blessing, don't we? First yeah, absolutely. We want, to, we want to be a blessing to others. So first yeah. and foremost, we give it of a good motive. We give it of a, a right motive and a generous heart. But at the same time, we still have the promises of God that, that let us know that he will bless us if we give and I think that's um, I think that's really important you know mm. um, I mean I've got I've got lots of stories that we can you know we can talk about that which I'm you know yeah, well, yeah. Let, well, let, well let me just uh, let me yeah. let me give you know give an example and it kind of it also relates back to what we spoke about last time you know about the about the, the you know when we spoke about the, the subject of prosperity and this happened to me this is a few months ago so I was in Leeds, yes, yeah, city centre, and um, I was heading towards the train station, and I stopped at a cash machine, an ATM, to get some money out, twenty pounds or something, for a for my wife and I to get a takeaway that evening. And uh, the rain was coming down really, really heavy. I didn't have an umbrella. I was getting soaked, and you know, I was I was at this machine. I didn't notice there was a guy a few feet from me, a, a, a beggar. He was on the on the ground. He was sat on the ground holding a cup mm. and wearing a pair of flip flops. You know, his, his feet were getting soaked. He was he was soaked to the skin. I took the 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 money out of the machine, and the guy uh, sort of caught my attention. He said, "He said, have you got any change?" And he held he rattled his cup with whatever was in this cup. I didn't have any change. I didn't have any sort of um, um, sort of um, coppers or, or whatever to to give him. So I said, "I said what? I said I have it. I said, but I said, could I buy you a you know buy you a coffee or something to eat?" So he said, "Sure." So he got up. And we walked across. There was a, a little um, a cafe nearby, and uh, we went into the cafe together. And initially, he said, as we were going, he said, "Can I go in here?" And I said, "Well, why not?" He yeah. said, "Well, because I'm a beggar." I said, "Well, they don't know that." I said, "You know, let's just go in. You know, you know, we'll go in." So we sat down in the in the coffee shop, and and he, I got him a drink, and um, and we sit, we're just sitting chatting. And this beggar starts to tell me. He says uh, he was just saying how humiliated he was. He says, "I'm humiliated having to do this." And I said, I can imagine. And he told me about how he's, he'd lost his parents and he'd lost his job. And he told me the story of how he'd ended up in this situation. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to get some money together to stay in this a hostel overnight. And um, so we, we sort of finished the we finished the coffee and I listened to his story. And um, and I had this money in my pocket and that, which would have covered his, his accommodation that night. So I said to him, Look, I says let me take care of that for you. I'll take care of that accommodation. So I gave him the money and he immediately burst into tears. And um, he said, he said, you're an answer to prayer. And I said, well, I believe I am. He said, if you've prayed this, I believe I am an answer to prayer. I was able to give him this money yeah. to give him his accommodation. And so we, we left the coffee shop. And I told him my own story, told him about Jesus, what Jesus done in my life. And I said, could I pray for you? So I prayed for this guy. And um, and I prayed a couple of things. There's, there's two points to this story I want to make here. I said, as I prayed, I prayed for his, he was called the aid, I said, Lord, I pray you'd give him a job and you'd give him somewhere permanent to live, that he wouldn't have to be humiliated doing this. Mm. But this is what I also prayed. I said, Lord, I pray the next time I meet him, I said, he'll be able to buy me a coffee. Yeah. And this guy immediately said, yes. He said, yes, that's what I want. I want to be able to do that. And I thought, that is it. For this guy to have to receive all the time was humiliating. Mm. He wanted to be in a position where he was able to give, even to buy a cup of coffee. To him, prospering was that he wasn't just subsiding, he was able to do something good for other people. And I've seen this so many times over the years. 
that in itself was a big lesson. But as I was walking back to the station, I didn't get any more money out at that point. I was walking back <laughs> to the station. I thought, I haven't got any more money for my, my taking I was getting that evening. But in my heart, I knew. I thought, I've given... And therefore, God is going to give back to me. I knew that God would meet my need in the same way that I'd met his need. Mm. And of course, God did that. I didn't give to him with the thinking, oh, I'm going to sow here and get a hundred times this 20 quid back and have, you know, a hundred Chinese takeaways. You know, I didn't, I wasn't, that wasn't in my mind when I gave. Yeah. But at the same time, I know that God repays because Proverbs 19 says this. It says that we give to the poor but in doing so, we're lending to the Lord and he mm-hmm. does repay. God is a good God. And I think that's, to me, that summed up the kind of balance of what I'm trying to say here. When Jesus said in Luke 4.18, he says, I'm good news to the poor. That does not mean, the word that's used there does not mean spiritually poor. It means the beggar. It means those that are in want. Li- the, those literally in, the literal poor. poor. The yeah. gospel is good news to the poor. And good news to the poor is not, well, God thinks it's great that you're poor and the blessed are the poor. That's a nonsense. Good news to the poor person is that God wants to lift you out of this. Mm. God wants to give you a, he wants to be your provider. He wants to give you a solid foundation and put you in a position where you also can be Mm. a giver. I believe that's the heart of God and the heart of the gospel or that verse. Yeah, it moves people. I I mean, uh, quite often, and I've seen this and I've heard this story, you know, when, when people are in a scenario where where they just can't see any way out of their poverty, yeah. they develop and 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 sustain a kind of like a victim mindset, don't they? Like, I, I, yeah. I, I can't do anything. It's all my fault. And you know, I'm, and and there's there doesn't seem to be a way out of that when yeah. you, when you're in that victim mindset. But when you, like you did with that chat there, when when you show them hope, I guess yeah. show yeah. them show them um, um, the, the the a blessing um, that there's there's a there's a chink of light there that suddenly appears where you go actually you can prosper yeah and and i mean you can change your mentality you can you can become a prosperous person you can start off with a prosperous mindset yeah a mindset where i, I can succeed yeah. and then little by little step by step you can move you can move yourself out yeah. of that situation can't if, you? if we if we don't prosper as, as christians we can't bless anyone else mm. If I've only got enough for my needs, I can't be I can't be afford to be generous yeah. as I want to be. Yeah. And and I think if you're a generous hearted person, God will give back to you in order to enable you to be more generous. Well there are two there are two you mentioned one scripture, there are two blocks of scripture which um, talk about giving. So in Luke six thirty eight it says, Give and it'll be given to you. Yeah. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over yeah. uh, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it'll be measured back to you. Exactly. And I, I quite often heard that a lot. Yeah. But <laughs> how else can morning. you interpret that verse? Yeah. It's, people, you know, some people want to say, well, that's just talking about spiritual things. It's not talking about spiritual things. Mm. It's talking about actual giving. It's talking about giving. God, but if you give, God will bless you. He yeah. will bless you. Yeah. It's, a, it's a spiritual law. It's clearly all the way through the scripture. And you've got to twist the Bible to get something else out of it. Mm. Here's the thing I've, I've mm. noticed, and this is my observation over yeah. the years, Mark, yeah. is, is this. I've noticed that people who are, I, I, I don't I hasten to use this term, but middle class, well off, in good secure jobs, they're the ones that have a problem with prosperity they're the ones that have a problem with talking about this in this way people that are actually poor don't have any problem with this don't have any problem with this and I remember years ago um, when I was in another church uh, down south I won't say what church it was but I was in a church where um, I remember there was a lady whose husband had left her and he'd not just left her 
he, he left her in big debt as well. He left her in a situation where she was about to lose her house. And I remember this lady testifying in church how that she'd felt that God had said, you know, put him first in her finances and she'd given to God. A bit like the widow, you know, the widow's mite in the story that Jesus uh, tells about the widow that gave everything she had. She decided she was going to tithe. She was going to give the first 10% to God. And she gave this testimony of how, as she began to put God first in her finances, how the whole situation turned around. And, um, you know, and she was able to not only, she, I think she bought her house outright and, you know, God really blessed her through it. And she knew that it was, it was the blessing of God because there was a cause and effect there. But I remember there was one particular guy in the church who had a real problem with it, had a problem with her testimony. And he was a guy, he and his wife were high up in the civil service. They lived in a big house. They drove nice cars. He had a problem. But this lady who was in desperate need had no problem with, with God prospering her, no problem at all, because she was in dire need and God had turned it around. And she had become a generous person and found that as she was generous, you know, that, that God was continually good to her. It's interesting that people that themselves are not in need don't understand this. But I can say from my own point of view, I've, I've, I can go back to a time in my own life as a, as a teenager, where, you know, back in the 80s, where my dad was unemployed, where our family were really struggling mm. financially you know we did not have very much at all i know what it's like to actually be poor yeah. i know what it's yeah. like you know I, you know i could tell you lots of stories it was it was tough and you know what kids are like at school when you're when you're the one that's not wearing the nice gear when you're the one that's not got the, the latest trainers and you glued and, your shoe sole back together exactly and i've done that yeah, yeah. i've yeah. done that glued my shoe sole back together you know i've been there i know what it's like to be in that situation mm. and it's not pleasant it's not nice and uh, the last thing I need is somebody patronising you, saying, "Well, God thinks it's great that you're in." <laughs> and he's done. God, what heavenly, what what natural father wants to see their kids in that situation? Mm. And yet we believe that God, our heavenly Father, thinks it's great for us to be mm. struggling in need. It's, it's honestly, it's a perversion. It's a perverse gospel that when people say that. Okay. Well, um, the other scripture I was going to mention was the one that you said was two uh, Corinthians, two yeah. Corinthians nine verses six to eight. Um, so look that one up. Let, let's get on to the T word. Let's get more specifically on to... Yeah, we should, really. On, on to tithing. Um, it is a hot topic in the church. There, if you just have a quick look on YouTube, you'll, you'll see two for tithing, against tithing, um, some advocating for it, some saying it's got no relevance to today whatsoever. What, what, do, we, what do we think about, about tithing then? Because isn't, isn't it... Some people would say it's just about twisting people's arms into giving in a way that makes them feel guilty if if they're not tithing correctly. I'm sure that's happened. Because it's, it's, it says that each one, in 2 Corinthians, it says each one must give what he's decided in his heart to give. Yep. So isn't, so when we ask for 10%, specifically asking for 10%, you know, in, isn't that going against the grain of that verse? No, because I don't think, that, I don't think the two are necessarily talking about the same, the same thing here. Right. I think we have to, for, again, you, we started off this, this um, episode talking about what the word tithe actually means, but we need to, we need to understand um, what the tithe is, what it's for, what God, how God saw it, and, the, and again, it's seen as a scriptural principle that goes all the way through the Bible, not just in the Old Testament. And the, 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 if you like, the arguments against tithing were people saying, well, it was, it was a legalism, it was in the law, which is true, it was in the law, mm -hmm. but it predates the law. It predates the law by you know many many years because the first person that with where the tithe is actually used is Abraham that predates the law. 
Abraham uh, in Genesis 12, I think, um, you know, gave a tithe of all that God had given him back to God. So you've got this passage where Abraham meets this this priest, this um, and they and they talk this guy called Melchizedek, who we we. You know, the Bible describes as almost like a pre-incarnate Christ, you know, and without beginning, without end, that's how the Bible describes him. But you see Melchizedek, uh, sorry, Abraham giving this 10% to God as an honouring of God. And and then later on in, uh, in in the book of Genesis, we've got Joshua, not Joshua, Jacob, sorry, Abraham's son who encounters God at Bethel. And God again reiterates the promises that he made to Abraham and Isaac and about to provide for him, to bless him, to do good to him. And Jacob's response to God in that passage was to say this, he says, if you'll do this, then you'll be my God, and I will give you a tenth of everything. Mm. So the tithe, first of all, was a response to God's blessing, not a, not a protection money or something mm. of an arm twist in nature. It was, the, it, was, it was the response to God's blessing, but also... The tithe was a means of honouring God as you are my God. That's what yeah. Jacob said, you are my God. It's making sure that the, the first and the best, the first fruits go to God. So again, in Proverbs 3, it says, you know, bring the first fruits to the Lord. Honour the Lord with your wealth. Bring the first fruits to him. And so when we give to God, when we bring our tithe to God, we're honouring him. And to honour is to give weight, to give precedence, to give first place. So that's the principle we see in the Old Testament. Now we've not got time to go through every scripture on this, but we can we can take that passage about Melchizedek and we see it in Hebrews, and it talks about again it talks about Jesus as this Melchizedek, and so therefore just as Abraham brought his tithe to the, this this Melchizedek in the Old Testament, in the same way when we bring our tithe we are giving to God. It's first of all giving to God. We're not giving our tithe based on how good the sermon was or how good the you know the worship band was or, or whatever. When we bring our tithe, it's our I believe it's part of our covenant with the Lord Himself. I don't believe it's a legalism. Now saying that, I've heard I've heard churches where it's been taught like that, where it's almost like pay your protection mm. money or else you know these bad things will happen to you. And in, in Malachi three it talks about the blessing coming out and you know God rebuking the devourer and you know and a little story about that. I remember years ago my when my my two girls were very, very young, we moved into this house in this particular area and um within the space of a, sh- a few weeks my the pots got stolen from outside the house and my, my garage got broken into mm. and, and um and uh, my bike got stolen and my youngest daughter, who was only about three at the time, said, Dad, have you stopped tithing? And I said, no, why? She said, well, because, you know, you're getting robbed all the time and surely, you know. And in her mind, she thought, well, that was that, that's her. Well, that's not what it means. It's not talking about if you tithe, nothing bad will happen to you. That's not what it means at all. But to me, very clearly, it's part of a honouring of the Lord. We speak about honouring God. Mm. The tithe is part of that. It's between you and God in terms of what you do. And it is, as Malachi 3 says, it is a means of, of unleashing or unlocking the blessing in your own life. Mm. Now, say that's that's in terms of giving it a script. I mean, we could, there's lots of scriptures. There's loads. Yeah, there's yeah. loads. I mean, Matthew 23, 23 is a, is a good example of a New Testament example of this, where, where Jesus criticizes the, Le, the, the, not the Levites, the Pharisees about tithing even the, the, the herbs in their garden and were very religious about it. And he says, you've neglected the more weighty matters of justice and, and love and mercy. But he says this, you should have done that without neglecting 
the tithe. Mm. Without Jesus wasn't against tithing. He was against this religious tithing where the heart was not right. That was always the issue. The heart was always mm. the issue. So Jesus was not against it. Let me give you another New Testament example here. Well, mm. it's not specifically said in this way, but but the, but the meaning is clear. You'd have to yeah. again, you know, um, you'd have to not want it. You'd have to not want to see what it yeah. says. But this yeah. is yeah. this is First Corinthians sixteen, and Paul says to the the church, they says on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, um, each of you is to set aside something um, and save to the extent that he prospers, or in proportion to how he prospers. And again, you'd have to say, what is the tithe? It's a proportion, it's a percentage. So so Paul was saying to the people here, if you're earning a, a thousand pounds or whatever it was, you know, you set aside a proportion or a hundred pounds, you set aside a proportion. But it was the principle of bringing that first mm. part to the Lord. Well, the New That's International, the I don't know what translation you're using there, but the New International one's even simpler. Yeah, go on. It says, on the first day of every week, yep. each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> And that's 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 all the tithe is. Yeah. So you've got Jesus mentions it, you've got Paul mentions it, and then you've got in Hebrews again, it's mentioned again there. So it's not as if it's not relevant in the New Testament. It is, and but the the, the most important principle is this: it's a thing that's between you and God. It's mm-hmm. you're given to God. And I've heard you know people say you know well if it was a if it was the if the legal you know baseline was ten percent. How much more should we as New Testament believers give? But you've got Christians who don't even give that. And they'll say things like, Well, everything I have is the Lord's, and if he asks me then I'll you know give more. But they don't even they don't even re- reach the low bar. They don't even you know, because you understand as well, Mark, when when Jesus says, Well, the law says this, you've seen you've heard it written in Matthew, you've heard it written this, but I say, you've heard it written this, but I say. Well, if we take that principle all the way through, that the law's the low bar and the and tithe was the ten percent was the low bar. How much more should we be generous as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um, I think that's an important point here. I always think when people say things like that, it reminds me of the story of Ananias and Sapphira in the Bible. You know the couple that came and said they sold a bit of land and they were given it all to the Lord, and of course they hadn't given it all. They lied to the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the problem. If you're saying, oh, I'm giving it all to God and you don't even hit the, the low bar, I think you're lying to yourself. You're mm. lying to the Lord. And, not and, helping yourself. But no, it's, it's, a no religious, it's a religious nonsense. Yeah. God does not need your money. He doesn't need your mm-hmm. money. God's not going to starve to death. He's not going to have to put his house on the market. <laughs> you know, he doesn't need your money. The principle is more to do with our heart than yeah, it is about yeah. him. That's, that's, that's the first thing yeah, yeah. Um, I would say on that. I think the other thing that's important to mention here, I mean, um, when we speak about this, is what is the tithe used for? Mm. That's the thing. And we've got to we've got to talk about the old and the new testament here. And we understand what is the tithe used for. In the old testament, the tithe was used primarily to support the Levites, the priests, the professional. I won't say professional, but the people that had didn't have the land. Group, they've been set aside. They've been to, set to aside serve the Lord in to serve the Lord yeah. in ministry. That's what it was. So, so the tithe was there to support them first and foremost. So the tithe came into the temple, which is God's house. And in the New Testament, God's house is the church. Mm-hmm. That's the church. So where does a tithe go? Into the church. But the tithe was primarily used to support those that ministered in the temple. And so when you read the book of Nehemiah, and you see Nehemiah's reforms, and he reestablishes the temple worship in Jerusalem with those 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 um, exiles that were coming back. 
and um, people are starting to tithe and bring the tithe into the storehouse. He sets everything in order and, and worship of God is taking place. Then he goes away and at the end of Nehemiah he comes back and he, he recognises that the people had stopped bringing the tithes to God and it says the Levites had gone and left and gone back to their fields and it says the house of God fell into disrepair. Mm. Now, so we've got this picture here of what happened. So worship then stopped taking centre stage among the Israelites. Now if we flip that into the New Testament, um, the Apostle Paul uses that same example. He uses that example of the Levites as being those people that minister um, in the church. He's talking about people that minister in the church. So he uses that that support of Levites and he brings that into the New Testament. So God's house is his people. And and in Galatians it talks about Galatians six talks about supporting for th- those that live from the gospel. People have given up secular employment in order to serve God full time. They, if you like, are the New Testament equivalent of the Levites yeah. that serve. And so therefore one of the reasons that we tithe is so that the, the word of God is preached the gospel is preached in churches and that we're able to release people from secular employment in order to go out. If you believe that you want the gospel to go out from where you are, if you want people to be saved, if you want to serve the purposes of God, the tithe is used primarily for that purpose. That's one of the big reasons. If people stop giving, what happens? Well, churches shut, don't they? Yeah. And people that are ministers of the gospel go and do something else. And so, yeah, and, and, and they go do something else. And then and then the poor and the needy and those else, you know, that, that exactly. need. They, they, exactly. Suddenly we can't we can't help them. Exactly. So, well, the Malachi 3, when it says, you know, bring the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, that's not just speaking about physical food. It's speaking about spiritual food as well. Mm. So if you bring, you, we're bringing physical food in that does meet the needs of the poor, but we also understand that the tithe is there in order to serve the purposes of God. It comes into his house to be used by him. And I think that's, uh, if we can understand that, then our giving becomes again generous, that we understand that we're given to God as part of our covenant relationship with him, and we want to see the kingdom grow. We're seeking first the kingdom. That's what that's part of what it means, putting, yeah. the, putting God's kingdom first. When we tithe, that's what we're doing. You're saying this is important. Yeah, this, of course this, it is. This, this, is a, uh, the, this is the main thing, yep. and, I, and I'm, I'm, I want to give in to that main thing. Yeah. I believe in it, I honour it, uh, I want to see the kingdom of God grow. I think yeah. there's so many people, so many Christians that want that are always looking for the loophole. You know the loop, the the get out clause. You know, I hear people say, "Oh, well, it's what not." What do you mean by that? Then, yeah. Well, the, well, people that live by the loop are always looking for a way. <laughs> live a way. by the loop is that what you just loophole, said? Loophole, loophole. <laughs> live by the loop. Well, you know what a loophole <laughs> yeah, is, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. You understand the principle yeah, of a loophole. Yeah, I like when that. people are looking for loopholes in the law, yeah, they yeah. break the law, but they're looking for some little get-out clause mm. that allows them to to yeah. get away scot-free. And I've, I've I know Christians like that. You know that when people say things, well, well, should I tie the gross or the net? Well, I would say that if you're asking the question, then there's something, you, you, you know. You may be looking for a way out. You may be looking for a way out. That's what I would say. When you start to say, well, this is just an Old Testament thing, and you're neglecting all the other scriptures in the New Testament, or even all the things about giving and honouring and blah, 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 all those things, I think you start to, your, your heart is not right. Mm-hmm. And I would say, well, don't bother, because that brings us back to your, your 2 Corinthians 9 scripture. It says, don't give grudgingly or out of compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. Who wants anything that's given grudgingly? Yeah. Who wants anything given yeah. grudgingly yeah. you know I, I would I would, I would rather it. not have it exactly yeah. you know could you imagine going to someone's house for a meal 
and you knew they didn't want you there and, and you and they were watching, you know, every roast potato that you you know, counting the roast potatoes. That's a really great example. But it is true though, isn't you it? You really wouldn't want to say that. Would you wouldn't you? want to stay for no. oh, blinking it, I'll go somewhere, no. I'll go and get a McDonald's. You know, you wouldn't want that. God in the same way does not want anything that's given grudgingly. Either mm. give to him with a right heart or don't bother doing it. Mm. That's what I would say. And yeah. I think when you're looking for loopholes way out ways out of stuff, I think that's an issue. And that brings it there's a there's another part of the Pharisees, there's a I can't remember the exact reference, um, and we'll perhaps put it on the in the, the notes or something later. But there's a bit where where the Pharisees get out of honouring their parents, and they and they call a gift Corban, C O R B A N in the scripture, okay. not Jeremy Corban. That's a relief. Corban, yeah. And <laughs> and what it means is they 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 have they instead of looking after their parents as they should. They give, they, they do this thing where they're giving to God as a means of getting out of, of this other thing. And Jesus right. really criticised them that they've missed the whole point of this, mm. because when we're speaking about honour, we honour God with our first fruits, but we also says honour your mother and your father. And I believe for Christians, there's a responsibility not just to honour the parents in terms of what they say about them, but there's also there's an honour of our parents where we look after them, we make sure they're okay. And Paul talks about this in Timothy. Uh, the, the we talking about church finances and the support of widows and Paul very clearly says that the first responsibility is the children to look after their parents when the parents are in need or in, in old age that's that's honouring that's part of honour it's not just in words but it's in deeds mm. and Paul also in the same passage in Timothy says honour the elders honour your elders that preach and teach or double honour that doesn't mean that means not just an honour of you know we we give these guys reference and or reverence rather and 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 position but there's a looking after there's a taking care of those that are preaching yeah. the word to you yeah. and you know we, we don't we we shouldn't want our church leaders to to live on handouts you know um, claiming from the government because we as a church don't want to support them we should mm. support them and that the use of the the the, the term double honour suggests yeah. that don't don't just work out just about what you can give how can you truly bless them yeah how can you really remove worry and concern yeah you know about how they might live to to if to to free them up to properly preach the gospel yeah. to to let that be the focus of the teaching and the preaching yeah. of the word of god well i remember mark when i when i you know 18 so years ago when i gave up my career i, I had a good career Mm. And I felt God was calling me out of, the, of this particular career, and I was moving up north to York to lead a church in York. And I remember the um, the trustees of the church, or the lead trustee of the church I was moving to, came to see me, and he said, "How much do you earn at the moment?" And I told them what my salary was at that particular time, and they they more than paid me mm. what I was getting paid in my job. And they said, "This we don't want your wife to have to." <coughs> You know, support you. Don't you know? We want to make sure that you're adequately taken care of. Mm. And they were great. They were. They really were. They. They were such a blessing. They did take all the worry. Could we to move house? You know, move schools. We we sacrificed a lot in order to go and look after this church, to go and shepherd this church. But I was glad that the the, the the trustees of the church wanted to make sure that we were okay, that we were well looked after, and they always did that. And I think that's a great attitude. And um, you know, I, I really I, I thank them for what they did for me because that made my life a whole lot easier. Because uh, you know yourself, because you've led you've mm -hmm. led a church also that leading a church is not a nine to five job. 
It's, you know, you go to bed thinking about the church, you wake up thinking about the church, you're seven days a week thinking about the church, you're always working, you're always available, and people don't realise that. I don't know mm-hmm. what they think. They think that you, you just wheel us out on a Sunday to preach and, and that's all we it's, actually it's, do. It's like having another child. Oh. And and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I don't mean to say, oh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's annoying and they're expensive. Um, <laughs> no, it's like having a child that you love them. You want the best yeah. for them. Yeah. You, you, want to, you want to sacrifice all that you have for them yeah for the for the church yeah. and uh, yeah it's yeah there's 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 a mindset there of you know i want i want to do i want to do well yeah that's them. and that's honoring yeah. and i and you know it saddens me when i see churches where they don't honor the leaders they don't mm. look after the leaders there's so many people that have sacrificed a lot to, mm. to serve god and to serve a local church mm. and churches don't treat them well at all just there's something in amongst all this uh because I hate to use the phrase, but something like you know, um, kind of social justice warriors uh, that that you know they're they're in the church as well as outside the yeah. church, and and it's all about um, you know let's get the food bank sorted. It's yeah. it's let's let's get this you know cut price marketplace set up here, or you know d- basically doing doing good works. Now yeah. uh, some of the, maybe social justice warriors are a bad bad face to use. It's it's about they're wanting to do well. They're, yep. they're wanting to help people who aren't, who can't help themselves. Yep. Um, but it's all about what they can do out of their own strength. Yeah. And and you're never gonna solve the problem. You're just gonna keep scratching the surface of the problem. You're just gonna yeah. keep dealing with this, dealing with the symptoms rather than dealing with the issue. Yeah. And there's something in amongst all this that says if we release people to be able to preach and teach to to proclaim the gospel then you're beginning to you're beginning to teach uh, so you're beginning to treat the 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 actual issue yeah the, the which is people's hearts isn't yeah. it and so what's more important you could you could add, you could argue you know treating the symptoms or treating the the issue at heart. and i think treating the issue is is a thing we need to sort out you know, well, to me, I, I, it goes back to where we started today. You know, when we're speaking that makes about, sense. yeah, what God, people don't want to live on handouts. What they need is a hand up. Yeah, and the gospel gives yeah. them a hand out, a hand yeah. up rather. Yeah. the gospel helps people to come out of poverty mm. and 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 live in blessing in order to bless others. Mm. I think that's the position people want to be in. Nobody wants to live on handouts for their whole life. Yeah. Um, Nobody wants to live. I I believe nobody wants to live on handouts from the state their whole life. You know, mm. I I went through periods in my younger days of being unemployed. It's demoralising. It mm. is demoralising. Um, as a man, you feel uh, uh, you know this is this is horrible to have to you know sign on to the and collect benefits. I don't want to live that way, and people don't want to live that way. The gospel, if we understand it and we understand the principles about money that the the, the Bible teaches us lifts us out of poverty yeah. I believe into a place where we can be a blessing to others as yeah. well again I think amongst all that it's like there's it, would it be right to say there's probably too many Christians relying on the government rather than relying on God yeah I think so yeah I think so yeah um, yeah, and, that, and ultimately that's where, it, where, it, where it, it lies at and God wants to be our provider mm. you know there's a beautiful um, story I say a beautiful story it's quite, it's quite a difficult one to read but in the, in the book of Hosea we have the story of um, this prophet Hosea and God sort of tells him bizarrely to marry an unfaithful wife or a wife that's going to be unfaithful to him. And um, uh, in, in chapter one and chapter two, we, 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 Hosea marries this woman called Gomer who is unfaithful to him. 
but it tells in the story of how that she was looking she she kind of prostituted herself in order to 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 get goods from these men and um you know so her linen and all the other things from these other men and then god says because he's, he's using it as a metaphor for god for him and his people that's the whole the whole point is the story of, of god and his people he's a, a husband and a provider and um and so in the metaphor he says didn't she realize he says didn't she realize that i was the one who gave her her gold and silver the one who gave her her, her new wine and her oil and that's the point of it that god wants to be our provider he wants to be our sole provider and again as a husband and a father if my wife or my kids were having to go and look elsewhere because i wasn't able to provide that would be painful for me i would feel as if i had failed and um i wasn't doing what what as a father and a husband i was meant to do for my for my family in the same way god as a father god as a husband to the church wants to be our sole provider he wants us to look to him as as the main source and if we do that we will find that he is generous that he is kind that he's abundant and he wants us to reflect him in Mm. what he does i think that to me is the nub of it yeah yeah i think that's a good place to kind of end this episode again i've seen your bible there's loads more you could have said about tithing about giving about being prosperous um but i guess to sum it up it's you know yes we handle our finances wisely don't we yes as as households we handle our finances wisely we do what we can but ultimately uh we particularly if if you're a believer you're called you're called to give to to be a blessing to give generously um somehow in the economy economy of god you'll receive more than more than you gave absolutely um uh you your your heart will be light and not heavy with worry and concern yeah. because you're not relying on you know the next news item about what the government and how much more they're going to tax us this year we're, we're going actually that that's kind of that's important and we need to you know again be wise and bear all that in mind but yeah. ultimately our provider is god not the absolutely. government absolutely and you know it's, it's a lesson it's a lesson that i had to learn when i gave up my career initially i, I didn't work for the, the church i mentioned in your i worked for another church for a number of pe- for a period of time, I took a career break to work for this church, and I remember they were only paying me a third, one third of what I was earning in my job, mm. and um, you know, bizarrely, I, I I did it anyway. But you know that during that period of time, um, God adequately, more than adequately, provided for us. God looked after us all the way through it, because I said to the Lord, I said, God, if I've got a if my wife's going to work harder and do more hours in order to support me doing this church work, I said, I'm just going to go back to my career. I mm. said that to the Lord in a prayer. And you know mm. what? She didn't. God was so faithful to mm. us. He looked after us. And I learned that, you know, 20 years ago. And I can say that, that I've learned to trust God for my needs. I've learned to trust God for my finances that I genuinely do not worry. You can ask my wife about how little I worry about <coughs> about money and, and those kind of things because mm-hmm. I trust God. Yeah. And we don't live a lavish lifestyle. We're no. not, you know, um, you know I'm not... I'm it's a not, lovely house, but it's, it's, thanks it's, very much. it's not a mansion. No, it? it's not a mansion <laughs> at all. You know, but we don't worry about things. We've just learned to trust God in it. And if you'll put your faith in God and you demonstrate your faith in God by giving to him and, you know, being generous mm. and kind to those that are in need, mm. I believe, and I've proven for many, many years, God will not let you down. He will yeah, not see absolutely. his beloved begging bread trust him i really believe that trust him and we'll i'll make a point of i know i mentioned a lot of verses there i'll make sure that that we put them in the in the comment section below that you just you can look these verses up for yourself and see that what i'm saying is you know is in line with what the scripture Mm -hmm. says i've proven 
these principles for many many years and I would like you to be able to do the same thing yeah yeah and I, I want to just re, re, kind of repeat I've got a similar story you know we, we were we, we went into ministry working for the church myself and my wife both part-time uh, earning very little uh, but we didn't do it begrudgingly we did it because we felt God was calling us to, to do that to, to serve him in that way uh, we had a growing family from one two to three children um, but all over those those many years that we were we were leading church um, we always had a, a holiday every yeah. year um, we we've had three four cars I yeah. think that have been anonymously at yeah. least two of them given to us and again not they weren't Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't anything like. But you know, we were we were grateful for what God yeah. was providing to us. Yeah. So so again, they weren't lavish holidays either. But um, in fact, they were in Swansea most of them, and we and we love the, we love the mumbles yeah, in Swansea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we appreciate them as family time, and and through all that, we we saw the blessing of God through it because we were yeah. faithful, faithful in what we were doing, and faithful in our giving as yeah. well. So you know, testimony after testimony. After yeah. testimony, he's a good God, and, and he is a good God. And I guess you know, if you want any help in this time of of you know the present financial problems we've got and the energy crisis, which is seem to be raising the prices of everything, don't worry about it. Be wise, yeah, but look to God, yeah, to be your provider, yeah, not other people, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. okay. So I'm excited about what we're going to talk about next time. I don't know what that quite is yeah. quite yet, yeah. but um, when we get there, we'll we'll explore it in the time that we've got. Once again, thank you for watching. Thank yep. you for Thanks listening. For yep. um, ring all the bells, like and, and subscribe and rate and review. We say this every week, you know, for a, for a podcast and for a YouTube channel that's just started. Um, it's it's hard to kind of break into that kind of recommendation arena yeah. that you have on these um, platforms. Uh, but the the way we get into that recommendation arena uh, is is by you you doing what I've just said by leaving a review, by rating, by liking, subscribing, and by sharing as yeah. well, and and commenting. We really would love this to be a two-way yeah. communication, wouldn't yep, we? Absolutely. So, so please do comment below. You may disagree with everything we've said, and that's okay. Just yeah. be polite when you respond. Yeah, uh, it'd be great, though, Mark. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to do an episode where we just respond to questions. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, if we did have some questions that were in the comments, yeah. we could set an episode aside yeah. to actually tackle some some specifics yeah. and answer some questions. I'd yeah. love to do that. So, if you've got genuine questions, please. Contact and it could be about us. anything, not just yeah. about what we've talked about today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll. We'll, do, we'll try and encourage people to do that every yeah. episode. So ultimately, we'll build up yeah. to have a question and answer session. That'd be awesome. Okay, until next time, God bless. Goodbye. Thanks ever so much for dropping by and getting involved in our podcast. It's been great to have your company. You must be interested in what we had to say as you're here till the very end. Maybe you were encouraged. Maybe you were intrigued. Or maybe you don't agree with anything we said. Well, let us know. Let's keep the conversation going until our next episode drops. That email that I gave you at the start of the show is hyperlinkspodcast at gmail.com. Also, a reminder to leave a rating and a review on your podcast provider and like and subscribe on YouTube. This engagement helps the algorithms decide whether this podcast is worth listening to or watching and will show it to more people. Well, I'm Mark Kelly and you've been listening to me chat with David Lavery. Until next time, stay connected.